0: The gold rush to find AI talent is on, as knowledge about the technology could net you almost $1 million per year. TikTok changes its algorithm for European users, while YouTube Shorts experiences a TikTok-like boom in users' worrying parents. We discuss those topics and more on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. The man behind the monitors is Chris. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Uh, we are we are doing good here. The, the office is a little cold, so I've got my hoodie back on. Uh, it's nothing to reflect of the end of summer or the beginning of of fall. Is that your is that your winter hoodie? This is my 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 fall hoodie. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, let's jump right into it. The nine hundred thousand dollars AI job is here. Are you have you applied for this yet? Um, I put out a couple <laughs> couple resumes. Couple feelers. Couple. Yeah, uh, American companies are in the midst of an AI recruiting frenzy, and some are willing to pay salaries approaching seven figures to help hire top talent. Firms and industries such as entertainment and manufacturing are racing to seize on the potential of AI by wooing data scientists, machine learning specialists, and other practitioners skilled at deploying the technology. Uh, We saw this one particular job that pays up to $900,000 at Netflix when the uh, actors strike. Uh, you know, the people from SAG-AFTRA had pointed out that all of these entertainment companies were paying lots and lots of money or potentially lots of money for uh, these positions. Uh, and they were saying, well, what? wait, you can't pay us, but you can pay, you know, for an AI person. Um, that actually triggered then the whole AI debate with actors and, and uh, actresses. So um, let me let me just give you an example from this Wall Street Journal story story. Uh, Compensation is a battleground, aware that in-demand AI specialists can command several job offers. Many companies are dangling salaries in the mid-six figures, along with bonuses and stock grants to attract experienced workers, uh, this according to recruiters. The online dating platform Hinge, which is part of Match Group, is advertising a vice president of AI role that comes with a base salary of $332,000 to $398,000 a year. Uh, at Amazon, they're listing their top salary of $340,300, and Upwork is looking for salaries between two sixty to $437,000 a year for some AI uh, machine learning positions. The cool part about this story is if you look at this chart, you could just say how many jobs postings. Are in that generative AI space. That's the, the top number. All of the other ones include U.S. overall, project management, scientific research and development, IT operations and help desk, information design and documentation, software development. All seeing fewer job postings. It's uh, looks like it's heading towards the negative,
1: isn't it? The negative percentage. Yeah. Is that? Am I reading that right? Well, it
0: just means that there's fewer. Yeah. There's there's yeah. fewer posts than compared to right. the previous right. year. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, so, so this is this, where
1: this, this is how the, uh, streaming services are raising their prices.
0: Yes. We'll get it's, to that. We'll get it's to, that to in facilitate a this, the, this new, uh, type of job. I, you know, what's interesting is that this product manager position for a machine learning platform in Netflix, Netflix lists a total compensation of up to $900,000 annually. Uh, the posting for that job gained attention on social media last month amid the strike of the Hollywood actors and writers, Uh, What's interesting about this is obviously this grabs the headlines, but in reality, I'm not sure if that job will get filled at that salary. Heck no. Uh, You know, you've gone, you and I have both gone through job searches where sometimes they don't even post what the salary is. It's interesting that, that they found out how much this job technically would pay. But as you go through the process, then you start the, the contract negotiation and the salary negotiation. And, it's you know, who knows if, if they're going to even find enough people with the talent and the experience, because it is such a new field to to justify that type of position or that salary. Yeah. It seems
1: like they're trying to find like an Albert Einstein of AI, like the yeah. one
0: person. And those people are probably already working at an AI company. Right. Right. I would say that maybe they're doing this to, was it throw down the the gauntlet or you know to, to fire a warning shot to, to other companies out there? Like, so let's say I'm a, a genius at uh, OpenAI, and I'm working at another artificial, and I see a, a job offering like this, I go, you know what? I'm going to tell my boss that, oh yeah, I'm up for this nine hundred thousand dollar a year position if you have the skills to back it up and if you have the experience, because the last thing that you want someone to go is, Oh, go for it. Right. Good luck. Right. You know, it's almost like the NFL with free agents that, that test the market. If, you know, if you've got, if you've got the willingness to go out into the market, why not try to use it as a negotiating ploy to get some more money where you are. Right. So it's interesting that this, this now ties into the other news story that we want to talk about. And, and that is, Uh, the streaming services that are raising their prices. Streamflation. Streamflation. We're going to skip the other two, but we'll we'll come back to the other two. Sorry about that, Chris. That's fine. You jumped ahead. You brought it up. (laughs) I'm going to blame you on this one. Uh, Streamflation is here and media companies are betting that you'll pay up. This is a Wall Street Journal story. Uh, Basically the average cost of watching a major ad-free streaming service is going up by nearly 25% in about a year, according to a Wall Street Journal analysis, as entertainment giants bet that customers will either pay up or switch to their cheaper and more lucrative ad-supported plans. So... Uh, this this was triggered by last week's announcement that Disney Plus is raising its prices on Hulu and Disney Plus uh, this follows similar announcements by the owners of Peacock, Max, Paramount Plus and Apple TV Plus we got the prices right here yep those are the prices and you can see the arrows and the, the number of years how long it's been since they had a price increase it's um, funny they don't have YouTube TV I feel like they should have that. <laughs> do you have YouTube TV? Yeah, yeah I you do really? TV. Do you watch, is that how you watch live TV now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I split it with my brother. Okay. Um. So you know, we password share. Well, that's gonna get cracked down on, I'm sure. Yeah, I think especially all now the, that you just admitted that on the on the show. Oh, here. that's fine. That's fine. I mean, they're, they're gonna crack down on it, and when they do that. People are going to leave. People are going to leave streaming services or they're going to find a way around it.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, so Bob Iger did admit that I think the part of the move to increase this and these prices are for the ad-free solution was as a way to try to get people to switch to the ad-supported model with the feeling that they can make more money by selling ads in this version and passing that, not even passing the savings along, but they can make more money if they have more subscribers in the, in the ad version, which is sort of going back to that cable TV subscription model. Because again, you would pay for cable TV, but then when you were watching a channel, you still had to suffer through advertisements. Right, right, right,
1: right. I, I, I
0: don't understand how they can justify the
1: increase in cost. Just from they're tr- they're a they're content to perspective, from a, con- for, yeah. from, a, from a content perspective, like I would, I'm would, i expecting like five or six at least movies plus TV shows to come out. If you're going to jack the price up, okay, well, I mean, the, the all, second all you I get, use it is, is yeah. for like old school, you know, the old school Disney movies for yep. our daughter. And that's basically it. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm the wrong audience for it
0: today, but... The the it, interesting part about this is, I can't remember what I was going to say now. So the um, let me just
1: switch gears. That, here. That's fine because because for Netflix, I mean they've increased their prices throughout the years. Yeah, and okay, they'll increase it one, two, three dollars. Not that huge of a deal, but they're at least cycling out content 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 yeah. content I hate that word movies 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 and TV series and TV yep. series but Disney like it's what one TV show every two years Well or, no they or, put
0: they put more out but again I think you're not in that audience because yeah, you, you don't have that little kid yet you know you have the you have the really small child but right once they get into the Disney universe but they'll, it's nothing, they'll start seeing more content
1: it's not mind blowing like it's not like amazing it's not yeah. like something I would spend money on the what was it the Obi Wan series that was garbage, my opinion. Um the Book of Boba Fett, that's garbage, my opinion. <laughs> All the other stuff that's been coming out is just garbage. you garbage. Your name Andor Andor was good. You're a it's tough good. cookie. That's it, the problem. It is, yeah, I'm a tough critic, but I don't know. I, I I find it I find the
0: increase in their streaming costs a little bit hard to swallow. So I remember what I was going to say is that when you, you as a company remind your customer about the price of something, you're getting them to then make that decision. So again, I was paying for Disney plus on a yearly basis. That's, that's how you first started it. When they came out, I was one of the original subscribers for that. And you had to pay for a full year and you paid 80 bucks or 90 bucks for the whole year. When that comes out to whatever the cost per month was, you don't really think about it on a month to month basis. Now I do have ones that will charge me every month. So when I'm doing my bills and I get that, that bill and I see, Oh, 10 bucks. Okay. Have I watched enough content to justify me spending this money? Yes. Okay. I'll keep going. Um, Or my kid likes it. Or, you know, my wife needs to watch this, this, this series. And so that's how, but with Disney plus it was a year to basis. So I canceled last week. I canceled Disney plus. Yeah, And I thought I was going to get a prorated refund because I'm paid through November of 2023. And they said, nope, we're sorry to see you go. You can have the content until November 23rd. And we're in August. So I have Disney Plus now, August, September, October, and then about halfway through November. So I was worried about some of the new series that are coming out. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just miss those. But now I won't. Uh, And I'll still probably just stop paying at that November, mid November mark, unless they somehow come with better content at some point. And then I might switch to a monthly plan or I might switch to that ad supported plan. But it's weird that they would that they would do this to try to and then almost dare the consumer to to switch or to cancel. And I think that there's probably uh, some numbers out there from the bean counters that work at these companies that say, well, you know, our analysis says that only 20% will actually cancel. So we can survive this if as long as people continue to pay, this is a really good impression, continue to pay the money and maybe then they'll switch to a lower price or we'll send out 50 emails to say, hey, you know, I noticed that you canceled, but what about this plan? And maybe we can get your money for that. They're counting on that. Yeah, it's a uh, But I have other options. There's right. still DVDs. There's still I still have all of my DVDs and Blu-rays that I can that I if I wanted to watch a specific show that I could I could go and find. I could still do on demand. I did that the other day. So, you remember so you you heard that Pee-wee Herman passed away or the actor that played him. And I realized I didn't have a copy of Pee-wee's Big Adventure or I didn't want to spend the time to try to find My copy of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Hmm. So I went to Amazon and I bought it for five bucks. Five bucks? Yeah, five bucks to own the movie. I feel like it should be worth more. You would think. Like rental is only three bucks. Wow. For a 24-hour period. But I was like, five bucks, I can afford
1: that. Yeah, I feel like with uh, Disney's current track record, the fact that they're raising prices like this, uh, and I believe it's an increase by 30%, it's a pretty risky move to make even the uh in the article here um this guy's saying can you raise prices by 30 percent and not increase churn that's the big question
0: right because it's like and okay you're th-
1: increasing prices okay well what are you going to do with that increase in price probably nothing they're probably not going to do
0: anything they're going to stick with the current path they're going to try to prevent them from losing as much money as they've been losing on the streaming platform yeah, they, they, or, they, or try to drive it towards some kind of profitability. Yeah. They're going to increase their marketing output. Not necessarily the,
1: their budgets, but increase marketing to tell us why it's so amazing to keep Disney plus and, you know, watch, every, watch all of our shows and movies cause they're great and awesome. Cause you know, we have all the IPs, star Wars, yeah. Marvel, stuff like that. And I, I don't think it's going to fly. I think you are going to see a, a big dip personally. I mean, just recently, uh, my wife and I, we, we got rid of Apple TV mm-hmm. and Hulu. Now, mind you, we got rid of those. We still have HBO Max, Disney Plus, and Netflix and Amazon.
0: I don't know. We're in the market to uh, trim some of the excess. I had a lot, and, you know? I, and I've been slowly trimming it down to try to get services that I, I know that we're going to pay for. And I did cancel Apple TV And then I realized I hadn't watched uh, some final episodes of some shows that I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. So I resubscribed and somehow I went from paying 10 bucks a month to seven bucks a month. Somehow I got onto a $7 plan. I was like, Oh, this is great. And it's on a month to month basis. And as soon as we're done with these couple of series, I'm going to be like, Yep. I'm going to I'll wait until the next one comes out. I've got no interest in and, and that's what that's what these services are doing is like they they keep pumping out new series so that once you finish one, they hope that you jump into the next one and then yeah. you'll forget about it. But if this next series is awful, yeah. Or, then you're screwed cuz then you're like, "Well, I can cancel now." Like I could cancel if 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 Netflix was the only reason the only reason I wanted Netflix was so that I could watch Stranger Things. The actor strike and the fact that it's they keep delaying the production of the f- of the final season. It's like, well, why do why should I pay month to month to month to month to month and wait for it when I could cancel now, save all that money, and then resubscribe once that's ready to go? Well, ju- you know, another example, branching off what you just said, it's like with with The Witcher.
1: Henry Cavill's yeah uh, is leaving. He left, and it's like, well, I, I kind of I, I like The Witcher. I like watching The Witcher because Henry Cavill was in it. And it was amazing. The first season was was good. After that, I kind of eh, went downhill a little bit until the, <laughs> the third season. Forget about it. I don't recommend anybody watching it. Okay. But anyways. But, yeah. And then it's like once, they, once a series goes or let's say they cancel a, a series, it's like, well, why am I still paying for this? Yeah. I think people are going to start to question more and more and more of like just why am I paying for this again?
0: Especially since it is relatively easy to cancel the subscription. We've talked on the show before. Remember how we were talking about how Amazon is being sued by the FTC because they can't, they make Amazon prime so hard to cancel all All of these other sites. All you have to do is go to Google and type in how to cancel X. And most of the, they'll either have something on their site or someone will have written an article about how to do it and what steps you can take. And for the most part, they're usually up to date and you can find it relatively easy to, to cancel this stuff. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's what everyone's going to be doing is they're just going to be hop on, hop off, depending on, you know, what, what services. Now, this also depends on people like me who track everything that they're spending. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, if you're the, the, the type of person that that is monitoring all of your expenses now, there's a, and I will fully admit there's people out there that either have jobs that where they make a lot of money and they don't need to worry about this stuff, or they just don't care. I'm the p- type of person where I grab every every time I go and buy a food somewhere, I get a receipt, and so I'm tracking. I mean, I don't have a spread; I do have a spreadsheet that. Tracks all of my spending. You don't have a fanny pack where no, you keep I used, all your receipts. Well, I do, but I don't. I don't store them. <laughs> I'm like <just> <laughs> it, it, it ends up being in that like George Costanza like wallet where the wallet's this big with all the receipts. Yeah, and it does help me understand. Wow, I'm spending a lot of money on things that I don't use, and you know, you, you just sort of stop that. Yeah, you just um, reevaluate. There was another story that that we were talking about on on this issue. It was the nine to five max story that basically says streaming TV costs are now higher than cable packages. According to a new analysis, it follows warnings that a crash was on the way a day that has now arrived. The report says that after price increases by Apple TV plus HBO max, Disney, Hulu, and others, the total cost of a basket of popular streaming services has now hit about $87 a month. And then when you throw in the cost for cable internet, if you're using that as your broadband connection, well, even well, just internet, at just that point, in, yeah, just internet. Yeah. I, for
1: example, I have fiber,
0: the yeah. high speed. It's
1: have, $100 dollars a month.
0: Okay, you've got the high-end package for your fiber, or at least a mid-range. H- high-end. I'm only paying 50-something a month for mine. So you have the regular... So I have the I have the, the turtle speed. Yeah. <laughs> but it works for everything I need to work, you know, everything I need to use on it. And I've got, you know, five people watching stuff at at the same time, and I don't notice any sort of lag that much so with the 87
1: if they're saying so if you take Apple that tv hbo max disney hulu 87 plus 100 for internet almost 200 that's a almost
0: month. 200 a month that you're pro- paying for yeah. f- probably content you don't again that's you why i have a lot of time to watch that's why we're kind of reevaluating. You've got, and you've got youtube tv too right you said yeah yeah that's and that's 20 oh, that you're sharing 25 dollars a month yeah for my cut So that's, yeah. And and the big issue too is that my household, we're not a a fan of live sports. So I I have friends where I talk about this issue and they're like, well, I would do this. I would cut the cord except for the fact that I love watching Red Sox games or I love watching the Patriots. Uh, We're in New England. So that's the two big teams here. Um, If you could give up that fandom and just if you really want to watch the games, just either go to a friend's house or, just go a bar. or go to a bar or go to a bar and just order a glass of water. You don't have to drink Just yeah. order, order some appetizers. Maybe the cost will, will, will bear out where you don't have to pay for that, that live cable service. Right. Um, but if you, if you were the type of person that subscribed to every single channel that's out there, yeah, of course your costs are going to be eventually the same as what you're paying for cable. It, in my case, it would be $140 a month. I don't know if, if the cable package is cheaper than that at this point. Um, I've got no interest in the live TV stuff, The all of those different channels. Yeah, I prefer a, a platform where I can pick and choose which services I subscribe to, and I can now do it on a monthly basis. I think what you're going to see is companies are going to go, they're going to stop that at some point. They're going to be like, if you sign up for the $7 a month plan, you have to commit to a three-month contract or commitment. Yeah. commitment. Yeah. And I don't know if they can get away with that. Uh, they, I think I don't they know if, can. Well, I mean or you it sign up. Away. Yeah, I, I would say maybe you see the end of monthly payment plans and you start seeing 3 months, 6 months, a Semi-annual year annual or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 3 6 It's going to become nine, it's, 12. It's going to be like your car insurance.
1: You can either pay it out in full <laughs> or you can do it in 6 month increments.
0: <laughs> right. And then
1: a $3 fee every time you would And it, then uh, and then pay it per month. And then it's going to become so expensive you'd have to lease it out. You'd have to lease it out. It's like leasing a car. You're going to have to lease out your service.
0: Ooh, okay. Explain yeah. this
1: more. This might be a business opportunity. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want any of the streaming services to take my advice. Because um, it's actually, it's probably a really bad idea. But I, I don't know. I mean, it could always get worse, right?
0: It could get worse. Oh, of course. Everything could know? always get worse and probably will. Yeah. We are the tech optimism show, by the way. Huh. All right, let's let's jump back to our original second story which is that TikTok's the uh, content algorithm is soon going to be optional in Europe. So TikTok users in Europe will be able to switch off the personalized algorithm behind its for you and live feeds as the company makes changes to comply with the European Union's Digital Services Act. According to TikTok, disabling this function will show users, quote, popular videos from both the places where they live and around the world instead of content based on their personal interests. So it'll just track your geolocation. They'll still track you. They'll still track what country you're from, but they won't track your specific interests. So that if you watch a lot of uh, videos of um, basketball players, for example, mm-hmm. doing trick shots, then they give you more videos of that. And that's the tame one. I, I'm trying to think of there's a lot of like yeah, shady yeah, yeah, ones yeah. That, that will, will if you start watching shady videos, they'll give you more shady videos because that's what they think that you like. Um, and this is what what's interesting about this was that this was because the EU has a really strong they have a stricter, data and yeah. privacy protection uh, regulation and it just made me jealous that for the one this is one of the times i wish i lived in europe <laughs> Or I, mean, I wish that maybe some some us lawmakers could adopt this yeah somehow. i mean good good on europe they're doing something that <laughs>
1: I don't think will ever happen here in the States, but, um, you know,
0: I think if the U S can follow suit, like if they, if, if TikTok, if TikTok came out and said, Hey, we're going to do this for all of our U S users as well, so that we won't have any of these algorithm choices, making bad decisions for the end users. Do you think all of this political stuff might go away then? It might make it
1: worse. You think it would make it worse, make it worse because it's going to be some sort of infringement on the, Consumers' rights, or something. You know how they always find a way to flip it back?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think and, the only you know, reason that TikTok did this in Europe was because they were facing that regulation. So yeah. I don't think they're going to, because they're probably going to lose some potential advertising dollars or whatever spying they're going to be doing on their users. Right. Right. so I don't see this actually you know I don't see the company voluntarily doing this unless there was some political pressure put on them they said well we're, you either do this for us or we're gonna ban you outright it's, and, it's gonna have to come from the government yeah and you notice it, like all of something. that all of that talk has gone away you haven't seen a lot of movement on that kind of stuff yeah it, it was a hot topic for a week and then poof yep just like the, on, just on like, to the next one yeah just like the Taylor Swift and the ticketmaster stuff. You know, it was big theater. It was this this little show circus in the Senate. And then, yeah. It's not a, pay, it's pay not no not a attention. concern anymore. Yep. It's not a concern. Yep. Moving on. We're going to pick something else to talk about for a while. Like, That's what's frustrating, too, is that, you know, about a lot of these tech topics. Um, all right. So the next story is related to TikTok, and that is from the Wall Street Journal, which um, basically talks about YouTube shorts. And... The the idea was that YouTube for parents was supposed to be the antidote for TikTok brain, which is the condition where you have a child and they're looking at their phone and they just keep scrolling through it. Oh, I thought that's just, I thought it's where they get Tourette's or something. No, you end up getting the, the this ticks, like you know re- the TikTok. Yeah, you get you get really really short attention span, which is me paying attention to that joke you were just trying to make. Ah, uh, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we all have a short attention span now, just... Wait, what? Wait, there's a... You
1: need me to say it again?
0: No, 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 no. All right, TikTok's (laughs) surging popularity has led to copycats from YouTube and others, spreading the rapid-fire video format across teenager smartphones. It has also fueled the attention-robbing problems that come with such clips. Uh, YouTube used to be the place where teens and preteens could watch lengthy toy unboxings and video game tutorials. Many parents who banned their kids from watching TikTok considered YouTube to be a safer alternative. However, since the debut of YouTube Shorts two years ago in the U.S., YouTube now looks more like TikTok, something new research suggests is a problem. Viewing endless 15-second TikToks hurts kids' attention spans and makes it harder for them to participate in activities that don't offer instant gratification An effect, which has been dubbed TikTok brain wait okay i'm, I'm confused I'm, I'm confused okay maybe you can help me out with
1: this keith mr keith uh since when did since when did we say youtube shorts was going to be the antidote
0: to tiktok i think it was an assumption on parents part that me well th- that going to youtube was a, an antidote to a tiktok brain Not, not, for them not knowing that YouTube Shorts was going to be launched and maybe this was something that, and then once it was launched, but all these kids ran to that little piece of candy. Yeah, but like a a
1: TikTok video and a YouTube Shorts is essentially the same thing,
0: right? But it's a different, but the algorithms are different and it's a different platform. But they still use algorithms. They do, but... One is owned by China and one is not. Oh, this is silly. Whoever wrote this, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. All right, it. so the article also then talks about some of the problems that parents are having. And there's some, some very funny quotes in here. Um, Robert Verdees says his 14-year-old son has become so absorbed in YouTube shorts that he can't seem to hear his dad tell him to put his phone down, even though he doesn't wear headphones. He's in the quote, I said, I'll give you $1,000 if you look up at me right now. And three seconds later, he looks up and says, what? <laughs> um... This is my experience with my teenagers. They do not pay attention to me when they're on their phones. Yeah. Um they, I mean adults today we have we have that problem too. Yeah, we grew up you know. watching short form videos and stuff on TV. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, all of the parents and older types going, Ah, TV's gonna rot your brain. Well, back then it was, it was it was the you news- did. look at me, I'm a podcast host now. <laughs> Well, I,
1: again, I, I think back then, I think it was the newspaper. You'd always have, there was this one photo, uh, I can f- try to find it somewheres, but this this person compared two photos uh, taken on the train in, in a New York subway. Everybody's sitting down, and this is the old photo, I can't remember the year exactly, okay. 80, 60, 70, 80, I don't know. Uh, and it shows everybody on the train looking at, at a newspaper, newspaper. Yeah. their head down in a newspaper.
0: And then it compares it to today, everybody's head down on a phone and it's like so people always had their head down but it was just a matter of what medium they were using
1: yeah exactly and i think like if you want the antidote to tiktok take the phone away yeah reinvent the phone or take away the algorithm make it harder to get you know have content but people will if
0: you took a phone away people would go back to listening to music on a you know the ipod came along before the smartphone Yeah, or to just go back to old school texting. Or or read a book. They might bring a book with them. People want to be distracted when they're on a train. Yeah, yeah. It's It's, just a matter of whether you read a book or read a newspaper or scroll your smartphone. mm -hmm. It'd be great if you could could convince people to maybe read some articles on your phone as opposed to watching these videos. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, One more quote from this story. Scott Migliore, a money manager in Mill Valley, California, says he can't prove that YouTube shorts is the reason his 14-year-old son has lost interest in reading over the past six months, but he believes it can't be helping. Uh, Migliore used to worry about the amount of time his son spent playing video games. Quote, now I'm like, please play Fortnite, he says, explaining the game is longer, social, and involves teamwork as opposed to solo shorts watching. His son who used to enjoy watching basketball games now only views highlights via the key plays plays feature on YouTube TV. This generation is being hardwired for instant gratification and it's starting to feel like a losing battle. Now it's just the screen. You gotta take the screen out. Just take the screen out. I think that's that's the antidote. Yeah. It's it's easier you know, said than done, Chris. And, well, obviously. And you obviously. have you have a young daughter who is not yet ready for her first phone. She's going to get the old school Nokia brick with
1: no screen on it. Right. Well, no, it's got a screen. It'll tell you that. Yeah. It'll tell you the time. Mom's calling. It'll tell you the time. Yeah. You have a contacts page. (laughs) You might be able to play snake on it. If it's it's the right Nokia phone, you could play snake on it. So,
0: you know, yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. I I, I, I held out as long as I could with certain members of my family. And at some point you just get, you know, you just give up. From the constant, can I get a phone, Dad? 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 I'm gonna tell. I'm, I'm her hoping that I raise my kids well enough about technology to avoid getting kidnapped by someone, and 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 the the stuff that they watch. I hope that they understand that none of it's real and that they can make critical decisions. Yeah, but. On occasion, they do not pay attention to me and they do have that TikTok brain of you really have to say two or three times, put your phone down, listen to me. We're not using the phone at dinner. But on the other hand, I also like doing that myself. So I'm semi-addicted to, to that as well. Right. I, I think we're all addicted. It's it's, it's the new smoking. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah.
1: It's the new smoking. and Without uh,
0: the damage to your lungs. Yeah.
1: I mean, should. Our daughter will probably get a touchscreen phone, whatever, but very, extremely limited. Hold
0: out as long as you can. Yeah, exactly. It's my, my advice. Yeah. And for anybody watching uh, any of our YouTube shorts, we, we love YouTube shorts. It's, it's a great piece of content for, for the show as well. <laughs> We're not hypocrites. <laughs> but not are we? <laughs> I think we might be. <laughs> all right. Final story. Uh, in our continuing quest to talk about the electric vehicle movement and whether it's something that's going to happen or not going to happen. Um, Ford, you know, the the automotive company from- They make cars, right? They make cars. cars? uh, Apparently they also make trucks. So Ford CEO Jim Farley experienced the headache of electric vehicle charging firsthand and acknowledged there was much to do to improve the experience for his customers. Farley hit the road in an F-150 Lightning last week, traversing Route 66 in the American West to put the electric truck through its paces. He documented his trip on LinkedIn and uh, X, Twitter. LinkedIn, that's like the professional version of Facebook. Yes. It's like the the business version of Facebook. All right. So. You, you are a Ford PR person, and you're like, hey, I got a great idea. Let's have the CEO take this trip, and he'll go drive across the country. And what what's the most iconic highway in the U.S.? Oh, Route 66. Yeah, let's do it. And, and we're going to document it on LinkedIn. <laughs> Why? I don't know. And X, <laughs> Twitter. So... At the end of the trip on Sunday, Farley shared his experience with charging the massive electric pickup truck. Quote, charging has been pretty challenging, he said in a video posted on Twitter. I'm just going to call it Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Uh, It was a really good reality check of the challenges our customers go through and the importance of fast charging. Farley said he visited a popular charging depot on Interstate 5 in Coalinga, California, where there were plenty of Tesla superchargers. The Ford CEO, however, had to use a low-speed charger that he said delivered him a 40% charge in about 40 minutes. So so if
1: he went with the high-speed charger, the supercharger, it yep. would probably be half that time, right? Yes. Okay.
0: And again, that's one of the reasons that Ford made this uh, agreement with Tesla to... Right, so Ford moving forward, they're going to use forward, the Tesla And if you have an existing truck. one, you'll be able to use an adapter and yeah. still use the stations. Um, Farley's experience is representative of one of the biggest remaining barriers to EV adoption, especially for non-Tesla owners. Right now, Ford EVs can't charge at, a super, at supercharger stations, which likely would have been delivered Farley and his truck more charge in a shorter period of time. So they are partnering with Tesla to make the supercharger network available to Ford drivers starting in spring of 2024. Uh, after Ford announced their partnership, other companies, including GM and Rivian, followed suit. But all I could think of is the PR person that was that thought that this was probably a good idea, and then all of a sudden have it sort of It didn't really blow up on their face in their faces, but it did sort of point out it's like yeah, well, we've it showed got a the problem. major flaw, yeah. Like it certainly it might convince me at some point to. And it's like
1: how Get many of these. how many superchargers did he come across when he was driving along routes? I saying? don't. Know.
0: I didn't follow. The it was media. just that one depot, right? The That's just what the story said. It yeah. could have been. There could have been others. Um, but you know, we we talked on this show about other people that have tried to find charging. They've gone on these long road trips and they start struggling with find, finding a charging station. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting too is that Tesla is about to start launching their Cybertruck. Um, there have been stories in the media about. Tesla getting ready to launch it so we'll see if they put a dent in the um, the pickup truck space you've seen a couple right you you follow that market you've got a pickup truck
1: yeah I mean you see a lot of the Rivian the Rivian trucks are are pretty hot right now yeah um, for those who are into that um, I mean it looks pretty good it looks pretty good. If you have a charger at home and, and you're able to do that, that's cool. That That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, you see them all over the place. They're kind of like squirrels now, you're kind of running around <laughs> little electric, we, electric
0: trucks. You and I went to uh, one of our lunch places and someone was backing up their uh, electric vehicle into a space and the sound that it made, made both of us turn around and look at it. It was like, ee, ee. it was this weird sound that was like, wow yeah you know it's like you look it made at us look but i don't know if i liked the sound that it was making You it's like you watch it back into the
1: parking spot and you expect this truck to emit some sort of more manlier growl to it <laughs> instead it was just a little you know chirp a little
0: chirping it should have been like like that that would have been more impressive um and we're getting to that part of the show where i'm just making up random noises now so i think we should probably stop the show that's our cue right yep <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good talking to you again, Chris. A, thanks for catching us up on the tech news. Yeah, no problem. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments that you have below. We do read all the comments, so thank you very much for those. And join us every, new, every week for new content in Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.